Football Made Simple. Become great at your craft by finding ways to make it simple for those around you. This is the Coaching 101 Podcast, hosted by Find A Way Productions. With your co-host, Daniel Chamberlain and Kenny Simpson. Coaching 101 Podcast is sponsored by Find A Way Productions. Find A Way Productions also sponsors fbcoachsimpson.com for all your coaching needs with over 30 coaching materials, books, as well as 50 PowerPoints and videos and smaller materials and the free magazine headsets. Find A Way Productions also sponsors offensivecoordinatoracademy.com, all things offense, and defensivecoordinatoracademy.com, all things defense. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Speed and Movement. At athleticspeedmovement.com, we've taken Dell Basket's 45 years of speed and movement training and put it all in one place just for you. You can get the same training that NFL players have been getting for years, collegiate players have been getting for years, and now high schools across the nation are paying thousands of dollars to bring Dell in to, to install his system. But we've got it online for you. It's time to help your team become faster, not just in the 40, not just their sprint speed, but between the tackles and their cuts while they're chasing down the quarterback. It's time for you to help them become faster everywhere. Jump over to athleticspeedmovement.com. There's an orange button there. Just click it. It says, uh, get the keys to playing faster. You'll get the three core movement video from Dell. He's explaining the science behind it all for just the price of your email. Check it out, athleticspeedmovement.com. All right, good stuff, Coach. Uh, I think there was something else you wanted to hit that wasn't a recorded. Um, so Head Coaching Academy, right? Can you tell us all about that? Yeah, we, uh, we just put out uh, theheadcoachacademy.com, uh, which is about 20 20- – uh, sessions that walk through the workbook we put out. And we put out that head coach workbook probably a year ago and really has been good. It talks about like how to get the job, what to do once you have the job, building a staff, organizing practice, all that stuff, inventory, just all the stuff that head coach need to know. So the workbook's like 180 pages, 12 chapters. So we pretty much built the academy around that. So I would go through and explain how to use the workbook. And then we'd bring in somebody who's really been successful at that area in head coaching to walk them through how to get the job, how to organize your staff, how to build your practices. And so I think it ended up being about 15 hours at this point, and we're going to continue to grow it. So it's a lot of content. Uh, you get the digital workbook for free, um, but it's over at theheadcoachacademy.com. So I think it's a really good product for a lot of coaches, whether they're a head coach now or they're trying to become a head coach, there's going to be something they can get you know, from that. Right. Well, that's awesome, man. I, I know that I love getting into new systems like that and just seeing what other people are doing. So there's probably a lot of guys who have been head coaching a while that could benefit from it. Right. And especially new guys. Um, you know, I'm, I plan on jumping over there because I am a new guy and I eventually want to become a head coach. Yeah. So might as well go in with all the resources. Sometimes I kind of wonder what people did before guys like you and Joe and, and, you know, uh, Chris Four. you know, he's got his book. Like, what did people do? Yeah, the do they just way. take a job and, and not know? Well, we went, How did you ever get the job? And then there's, there's materials out there. We went super practical. Like, uh, I don't like to bring theory into stuff. I want you to be able to leave something and, like, have a plan. So Chris Four, you mentioned him. He did the whole how to get the job. Did a great job with it. I brought him back to do liability. He scared the crap out of me about all the ways you can get sued. Uh, but I was taking notes and going, man, I better get better at some of this stuff. So that's in there. That's not right. a fun section, but it's I think it's a very useful section. Then we brought in some of the guys that have won a couple of state championships. 
on how to organize practice. That was really cool to hear how they did things different, how they built their staff different. We brought in Kevin Swift, old school guy out of Oregon. Uh, he talked about how to deal with like organizing your staff, you know, how to do it in a rural versus an urban. So how to be small school or big school. Chris Parker came in and I talked about like uh, organization inside of, he's, I think the organizing guru, you know, Parker's resources and all that stuff. I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. So we brought him in again. And then we brought a couple other guys as well. that uh, did a really good job. I, I think it's, I was taking notes. So I think it's good for any coach. Awesome. I look forward to jumping in there and I'm sure other guys will get in there too. Uh, where, where did we find that at? Tell me one more yeah, time. Yeah. Theheadcoachacademy.com. Theheadcoachacademy.com. I think we're running through the end of January. So I don't know when they're going to watch this like an early bird special. Uh, if you hear this and it's after January, email me and we'll honor that, that pricing. There you go. All right. Um, coach, we came here today to talk about some defensive coverages. We're, you know, we're kind of finishing out the season here. Season two is just about a wrap. Um, AFCA gave us a few good episodes there. And we were just talking about developing of different uh, position groups, whether it's your skill guys on offense or defense, which side of the line you're on. You know, we're just really trying to get resources out there so guys can get that whatever they're going to use, their their playbook, their drill book, they're putting a coach in the right place, right? Whatever it is, we want guys to get ready now in the spring, well, really before spring ball ever hits. If they get spring ball, I realize I'm learning more and more that people just don't get that. Um, but before the summer hits, you know, they can have a lot more things lined out. You're not learning it in August. Uh, so today we're going to talk defensive coverages, kind of where you should be, you know, which one you should choose. Cause there's a ton of them, right? What I heard someone the other day say, Oh yeah, we run zero through nine. And I was just like, Whoa, yeah. uh, you know, and so kudos to them if they want to run a little bit of everything, but I think you should find a home. You should find a base, right? And that should be something you could fall on and run it really well all the time. So really that's our first question here for you to talk about coaches is, is what is your home? What's your base defense and why? Yeah, I think every coach needs to kind of figure what that is going to be out in their system. I would recommend whatever you do, and I'm not pitching. We have a 3-4 system that, of course, I think is a really good system. It's worked well for us, and we offer that, uh, the 3-4 swarm over at fbcoachsimpson.com. But there are other good systems. There's good 4-4 systems. There's good 4-3 systems. There's good 3-safety systems. There's a lot of good defenses out there. I think sometimes as coaches, we do one of two things. We either try to completely copy one of those, and that's not good. Uh, but it's better than option two is where we try to reinvent the wheel and start with no real base and kind of work there. So that's my pitch for you guys. Hey, I would go invest in one of those, some resources that are available, whether that's YouTube or whether that's actually getting somebody's system, whatever that is. And then modifying it to fit your kids. But when you say base, I think that has to be when you're installing day one, this is the coverage we're going to live in. And then here's how this coverage adjusts to everything else. And I think that's got to be what you have because you're going to have those situations that are going to come up where you see a formation you've never practiced for, you've never prepared for, and there it is. And you got to have base rules that handle that. You're going to have times where they're going so fast, your kids have to call it. And so this is what we're going to get to. So when we say base, I mean like your home. Like this is where we're going to live in when the chips are down and our kids are extremely comfortable. I think you've got to be multiple, but I think you have to have kind of something you can hang your hat on in coverage area. And then there's a lot of ones you can go to. Ours is cover to read. So that's kind of where we live. So we're a two high defense. 
We're going to live in a split field coverage because we have rules that make it really simple for our kids. So when coaches say, like, we're going to be coverage zero through nine, that's a lot. However, when you teach concepts, like, guys, if you have two receivers, here's how we handle that. If you have three receivers, here's how we handle that. If you have one receiver, here's how we handle that. If you have a tight end, here's our adjustment. If you have an H-back, here's our adjustment. And what you're doing, especially if you're working this on both sides of the field or splitting the field, technically we run two read. But if you give us trips, we're running poach, which is a different number. If you give us two singles, we're running man, which is another number. If you give us two tight ends, we're running this. So you have all these adjustments that you have to build in. I think those are the way you teach them. Because we're going to be in our base coverage, which for us is to read. And here's how we're going to handle twins. Here's how we're going to handle bunch. Here's trips. Here's all these different rules. Uh, or not rules, all these different looks. But your rule never changes. And I think that's how you can become multiple without really becoming multiple. Like your kids just know that is base. And then your rules yep. build in all those adjustments. So if we're seeing a three-by-one look, you know, we're man on the backside. That's our base rule. If that kid's a division one kid, of course, we're going to make adjustments, but that's our base. And then our other three DBs are reading across the field to the trips. We call that poach, or basically we're playing cover two read on one and two, and our backside safety is reading across the field or reading the quarterback's eyes. That's We call that base. Now, if you want to be exotic and sound smart and call that cover 21 or call that cover six or call that whatever, that's fine. But as long as your kids kind of understand this is our base and I'm not having to make those adjustments and all of a sudden they shift to a tight bunch look, we're going to roll We're going to run a hard cover two, you know? And so that's kind of our built-in rule. If we get that look, how we're going to handle that, or we can run different flavors of that. But I think that's when you say, when you're looking at it, are you going to be a two high or a one high? You know, for us, we're a two high look. Could you run a 4-4 four, th- four, four cover 3 as your base? Absolutely. Could you run man free as your base? Yep. Could you run cover 0 as your base? You can. All of those things are fine as long as you have all the built-in rules of everything you might possibly see put in. That's your base coverage. You can't do that with 19 coverages. Like right. what we tell our kids a lot of times is, hey, we're going to be in maybe this secondary coverage but if we see something we don't like, what do we do? And our kids all repeat, we check to base. So we can run some other flavors, but if we get into that, oh crap, what is this? Our kids need to be able to check us into base. And I think that's important. Uh, the second thing you got to think about, or the last thing we'll hit is, who are your conflict players? Which guys are you asking to cover and to run fit? And then what's their priority? So for us, our safeties and outside linebackers a lot of times would be put into that box. Like our corners kind of know they're pretty much coverage. That's their priority. If you fit in the run late, then that's fine. They have a run fit, but they know their priority number one is coverage. Then we might go into, okay, with a safety where if we get a certain look, their priority is a run fit. Like maybe you're run fitting on an H back, but you have him out of the backfield if he leaves. And so, They need to know, like, what's priority number one? If I'm a conflict player, what am I trying to stop? And that's a week-to-week thing. It's a base thing, too. you got to put it in your base. 
Like in our base, our safeties know we're coverage first, we're run second. But we may play a game where the team runs it 90% of the time and we, we switch that. Our outside backers, for us, are the opposite unless they get like trips. Unless they get right. pulled out of the box by formation, they're going to play run first and then react to pass. So I think that's something you've got to go to with your base is which kids are you know are going to be in conflict. And what is their number one rule? You can't ask a kid to play the flats and to play force on sweep and not give him which one of the two is most important because they've got to kind of know what they do first and where they react to in the past. And if you build in that kind of stuff, that'll help you. Last thing I'm going to hit, and I'll pass it back to you, Daniel, is I know we're talking coverage, but I think you've got to think run fit first and then coverage. Your back four, you got to go coverage first probably with. You know, your back BBs, coverage first. Your interior run players, your inside backers, your outside linebackers, you got to make sure you're fitting run first with them. And from then, you can build your coverage concepts. Because it sounds really cool to say we're going to play pattern match with outside backer. We're going to play two-man. That sounds really cool. Who's got force? And then they don't have a force player. Well, someone like me as an OC is going to figure that out. We're going to run motion and bring your force player to the other side of the field, and we're going to run sweep that way. So you got to you got to yep. fix run first with those conflict players, and then what's their pass drop after that? Um, I've been there where both situations you just mentioned. Number one, I've played four three cover three and yelled at a corner because he was forced, but he's belling deep, and then he bit on a run and they threw it over his head, and I yelled at him both times. That was my first year in coaching. I've been there. I've done that. I learned my lesson. Uh, and hopefully no no kid in my group ever has to suffer for that again. Um, and and I've had, you know, a team that wanted to play heavy cover one. And that's exactly what the OC did. Fine. I'll just move my slot across. I'm going to watch you follow instead of bumping him over. And now you don't have force. And we're going to run it back. Luckily, we saw it adjusted and they got about two or three gashes on us before we were locking them right back down. So everything worked out okay because we had the ability to make adjustments in our defense, which is what I think every system has to have. Um, I, I know that for first year coaches, just learning those run fits and coverages and, and what they look like and starting very simple is important. And you have to think like that for your kids as well, right? Because you're going to have first year kids. And in fact, by the time they're seniors, they've seen most of them 30 games, you know what I mean? Like they, they don't have a lot of experience. They've not done this a ton. Um, I started a couple of years ago just learning, or I get maybe even last year, like six, seven, excuse me, seven, eight, and nine man spacing. And I remember uh, Cody Alexander's the one that I, I studied his, you know, the way he describes it. And I thought, whoever would go to nine man spacing? Like that doesn't, and, and if you don't know what that is, number one, Google it and do a little bit of research. Learn. Like I, I think that's something you should be doing right now in the off season, anyways. It'll help you understand maybe what you are. Um, some people just have that base in their head. And I, I never thought anybody would be that aggressive. Essentially, seven-man spacing is uh, four two five. We've got, you know, we're going to play a little bit of force with our safeties. Like you said, Kenny, they're going to be late to the to the game. They're not run first. And then nine-man spacing is we're, we have seven dudes committed right now to – or excuse me, nine-man, nine dudes committed right now to stop the run. And we're just going to solo your outside guys and hope you don't beat us, right? Like that's that's kind of the concept there. There's a lot more to it, um, but I never thought anybody would do nine-man spacing until I went over this year, and Owasso, the, the freshman crew, runs 
Uh, they have a very aggressive three, four defense. They like to play and then learning that and getting in, you know, kind of trial by fire, really. Um, and in fact, I butted head with the head coach for a while because he hired me as a DC and we were completely different mentalities. I am seven man spacing that cautious aggression. I'm going to let you make the mistakes and he is, we're going to go hit them right now. If they catch us with the big one, they catch us with the big one. So, you know, completely different mindsets. And, and so there, there are multiple ways to do this game. There is no perfect base. Everything has a weakness and the, you know, sooner you understand that the better, but figure out where you fit, where's your mentality. And, uh, and then you can kind of figure out where your home is, I think. Um, so the second part is, you know, we're going, we're going to talk about what should you run, right? So now you understand you need a home, but what should you make it? And I'm going to kick this one off a little bit. And really the question is, should we run match? Should we be going, you know, old country cover three and spot dropping? Should we play a man all the time? And I, I start with looking at the schedule. I know that your personnel matters a lot, um, but I have to look at the schedule first. Okay. I applied to a couple of schools this year that when I went and checked out their schedule, every team is spread or some version of pro no more than one tight end. They're trying to air it out a little bit. And that's, you know, to a football, it's not very big ball here in Oklahoma, but that's, that's what those, that schedule is going to lead to. I have played or coached a couple of years ago in a schedule that was, we're going to put two or three tight ends on the line and we were just going to run the ball down your throat, right? So you need to know what you're going to defend because that's, that should dictate what home you're in. I should not be wasting all my time putting in quarters match if I'm going to see two tight ends every game, maybe three. If I'm going to be facing the gun tee, I'm probably not going to run match to it. If somebody that you know passes maximum 10 times a game, I'm not spending all those hours in the summer and the fall installing a defense to stop your pass game. I'm going to put a dude out there and let him lock you up as best he can. If, if you catch us slipping, you catch us, you know, and we'll, we'll rebound and we'll play the next play. But you're not going to – I'm not going to let somebody chisel away on the inside – while my safeties are running like crazy, stopping a vert that's never going to see a ball in the air. So, you know, there is a place to go back to that old school, uh, we always call it country cover three, right? But just spot drop cover three or, or cover two. Kenny, you talked about two. I'm a big two read two guy. So I'm, I love hearing you say that because I've seen a lot of coaches now with a lot of success that just want to run two read. It's, it's easy. It fits the two high look. So that's my home when necessary. But there's times it wouldn't be necessary, right? So finding your home has a lot to do with, and, and what you want to run has a lot to do with your schedule before personnel. Um, I, I know there's a lot of guys out there that will say, well, we're not, we're not going to play press man because, you know, I just don't have the kids. And I just disagree with that. That's not how I see coaching. I think that you can coach that technique and anybody can disrupt the timing of any, any player. doesn't matter. Now, if you put – a Des Bryant kid out there on the outside, I, I'm going to have to change a little bit, right? I'm going to have to bracket him or something because um, he is probably going to roast my guy all night long. But I can still mess up his timing with the average average wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, I, you're right on the money with look at your schedule. And not just what kind of offense they run, but how are they running it? You know, there's a lot of, especially at the two or three A levels, that you see a lot of spread to run teams. Like they're in spread, but they're just trying to get you in a five-man box to run the quarterback. You know, and so – to get to look at not only what what formations are running, but what they're trying to do. Are you seeing exotic? Are you seeing teams that are running mesh and they're running it well, or are they just running mesh because it's what they run and they don't really read it very well? And so there's there's differences when you watch teams play, and mainly it goes back to that first point we talked about with conflict guys. You only have so many hours of the day or the year where you can teach them what to do. 
So it's like, as Daniel mentioned, if, if their job 90% of the season is going to be run fits, you want to have two or three curveballs in the run fits you can put in. So think about if you're coaching linebackers, if you're playing a bunch of teams that can run the ball a lot, or you know you're going to play a lot of man and they're not going to be in coverage, you can designate that time to be blitz periods. Like we're going to use these guys as pressure players, as run fitters or whatever. Or, you know, if you're seeing a lot of teams are going to throw it, then you need to have some curveballs there where now we're going to have to teach this kid to do a couple different things in coverage, whether that's pick up a man, spot drop, or pattern match stuff. I will say this. I think the most expensive coverage to put in is probably pattern match zone. Like I think that's probably the hardest coverage to teach, which is what we teach. Uh, but yeah. inside of that, we only teach that out of one of our coverage concepts. So we run two man and we, or I'm sorry, we run two read and we pattern match that. If we run any other coverage, it's spot dropping. Like you said, country cover three or country cover whatever. Like we'll just tell a deep, we'll just tell the linebackers drop, and they understand that word means to drop to the sticks. Or we may tell them to. We have a couple other calls where it's like walling a guy off, but they're not having to worry about matching pattern match because they don't they don't have all those reps doing that. You know, then we have calls that are going to go bracket a guy. We simply call it hold, like hold the guy we're going to call, and we're going to go double cover that guy. Or some guys will call that slice or bracket or whatever. If you're playing a lot of teams and using that coverage a lot, you want to be able to hide it. We might use that coverage against one team six times a season. You know, we see a, a team that's got a D1 kid, not very often, and he's in space. And we're going to want to use that coverage against him. So we have it in, but we don't have to hide that. So we're not going to spend a lot of time on that. We're just going to kind of put it in. I do want to mention, if you're a man team, there's zero wrong with that. But you need to figure out how are you going to handle because offensive coordinators like me are going to run a lot of bunch, motion, mesh, pick stuff. How are you teaching that? You know, are you playing levels with your man where one guy's up, one guy's back, or you're you have the first outbreaker, you got the first inbreaker? How are you teaching that? Because sophisticated passing teams are getting into where they can do that. Or what about when they go empty and they're running your guys off and just running the ball? You know, how are you? How are you handling that? So to me, you've got to kind of figure out what you're going to live in. Go back to question one. And then now, how are you going to teach that? And I think the, the biggest caveat I hope you get from this is, like Daniel mentioned first, who are you playing? Um, can you match them? You know, I, I get that playing press man is good. And I, I, do think, I do think you need to take away the easiest passes people can make. However, if you're playing press man with a five flat corner on a division one athlete, and not giving him any help, you're just asking for trouble. And so you, you've got to have, you got to, you do have to look at personnel at some point. It doesn't mean you can't play man. It doesn't mean you can't play man press. But how are you helping that kid out? You know, uh, same thing with, you know, if you're playing a bunch of teams are going to run the ball super heavy, then like our safeties for us are like an extra linebacker because eight of the ten teams we play this season are going to run the ball way more than they're going to throw it. I don't care what they call their offense. They're going to run the ball 75 to 80% of the time. I don't care if you're five wide or you're three tight end or whatever you are. If you're running the ball 80% of the time, we're going to spend that time stopping the run. Then we've got to have something for those other two teams that, that are actually going to throw it. You know, So 
how are we going to handle that? And then you also have to look at not just your schedule of who, how many, who are the games you have to win? So if you're a team that you really struggle to win, what are the winnable games on your schedule? That's what I'm working on. If you're a team that's, that is winning, now I'm looking at how do we have to win conference? Who are the teams we got to beat to win the conference? If you pass that one and now you're a team that you're making runs, who are the best teams in the state and what are they running? And then that's what we're spending our time on. So it's not just just look at your schedule and look at your personnel. It's who do we have to beat specifically? You have probably three games on your schedule, depending on where you live, if you're in reality world, where you're not going to win regardless how much time you put in. Maybe two, three, maybe one if you're lucky, maybe zero. You, but you probably have two or three games that you have circled that, man, if we win these two or three games, our season is a success. And those are the games we're looking at. How can we affect those teams? And then from there, we're going to build on, could we play that team in man? Could we play that team in what we're going to run? You know, and so I know that's kind of a long-winded answer and windy, but those are the things you've got to consider before you put in your defense. And I want to harp back to, I really would recommend looking at resources of one or two home defenses. Cody Alexander is a great one that Daniel brought on. He's been on our podcast before. I think he's great. He's a guy, if you were going to run three safety or you're going to run quarters, he's a great resource. Okay. I don't think you need to run Cody Alexander's three safety quarters and run coach Simpson's two read and run so-and-so's man. I think you gotta be careful to get in that world you know, I think you can have adjustments, but you need to kind of have a home base uh, that you can kind of work with and on. But like like Daniel mentioned, once you figure out if you're going to spend a lot of time on coverage, if you are, I don't think you need to be running country, drop, whatever. And if you're playing teams that are really good at throwing the ball, they're going to carve you up. You know, and so you're going to have to play either a pattern match or a man look or a mix where they don't really know what's coming. However, if you're playing in the snow and they're running wing T, then we're probably going to run one or two looks. Yeah. Yep. Um, you, you talked about being able to build on your defense to, you know, to t- handle those tougher teams. You, you never know what year you might make a run, right? So you might need to have a way to build and make those adjustments because you're not, you have no idea who you're going to play in the playoffs. Maybe you weren't supposed to be there or, and you just shocked some people or the other guy wasn't supposed to be – you never know what you're going to see. I mean, y'all made a really long run this year, right? And did you, Was there any offenses that surprised you during that run? Not, not that surprised us, but we got into – basically when we got in the upper levels in Arkansas, you're going to see very good spread teams. Like that's kind of right. – you know if you're going to make a run, you're going to eventually see teams that are good enough to run it and throw it from spread, which is really hard to stop. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the next question, the last piece here is just how do you build this out? So, you know, how are you – whether it's just from foundation up or how do you do it, coach? How are you building your defense? Well, a lot of it is you know, you're going to build concepts on each other. So that's why I go back to the first question. We're going to live in what looks like a two high shell and we're going to run cover two read and that's our base. So if we call that, that's what we're in. Then we're going to teach several flavors of roll cover three, whether that's rolling a corner into the flats or bringing a safety into the run fit or bringing a safety into the alley for, you know, spot dropping things. Then we're going to work some robber stuff where we're going to have three guys dropping deep or maybe they're locking up and one of those safeties is robbing the quarterback or robbing a certain route we think they're going to run. Okay, We teach that very simply. So we teach the base coverage. 
We teach the role to whatever we're getting to, and then you put them together, and now you can hide what you're doing, okay, and get into that same look. And so that's basically how you're building principles on top of each other. Same thing with our, like our outside linebackers. We're going to teach them, you know, that we're in cover two read. We are high wall and number two, nothing's inside. And we're taking the first in breaker or carrying a vertical if nothing breaks in. Okay. Then we're going to have, okay, off of that, we might tell you the word sticks, which is our way of telling you to buzz out to the flats and get underneath that route at the sticks. Okay. And so, or we might tell you to, to jam or hold or bracket a kid, but it's, so we're going to teach you all three concepts, teach you the base one the most, because we're going to run the most, teach you the other two a little bit. And then we're going to say, all right, now that you know these, can you make them all look the same? Like, can you make them all look the same? And then from there, now we might be able to run something like where we're going to spin a safety down to the alley, drop an outside linebacker to the flats. We call that drop. So for us as a coach, that would be drop. Uh, drop to the outside linebacker or sticks to him, whatever we're calling it, roll with the safety. The kids don't know what we're doing, but we're basically rolling into a cover three with a robber jumping down on the curl route. Okay. For our kids, that was a very easy build. You know, it was a very easy, here's step one, here's step two, now they're together. And then we can also do things like tell our inside linebacker, we can also run drop with you. Well, we're going to tell you now, you go drop all the way to the flats, okay? And they don't know this, but we're probably going to pair that with a blitz off the edge. We're probably going to be bringing outside linebacker off the edge, dropping the inside linebacker to the flats, and rolling the safety down to the curl. We're trying to invite them into throwing a pick to us there if we can, or throwing a screen to, you know, out inside linebacker dropping out there. So that's the way we would package these up. We would teach each kid individually what they're doing. Here's your base rule. 90% of the time we're spending working on that. Here's your other two little curveballs. And then as a coach, we're putting all that together. You know, so that call might look like uh, the coverage would be safety roll. The blitz would be edge. So we're blitzing off the edge. And then we're telling our mic to drop. Okay, so that's what that would look like. It'd be safety roll, edge, mic drop. They don't know that we're running cover three, but we're bringing the, the boundary inside linebacker to the flats and we're bringing this guy off hot off the edge. They just know what they've been told and how they've been taught it. And so I think a lot of times as coaches, we seem to think kids are like coaches. We tell them we're going to run cover nine, yada, 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 yada. And then it doesn't make sense. You know, so if you start to have a lot of these together, let's say it's a common one you're going to do. This one we're going to do, like we're going to run whatever, whatever, and then this this coverage. So we always run roll when we run these two linebackers blitz. Like that's an automatic for us. We're probably going to give that a one-word name. It might be like Falcon or it might be whatever you decide the name is. Where We know we call this. We're bringing both outside linebacker, outside and inside linebacker. We're bringing a safety down to cover that void, and we're running roll coverage behind it. Okay, So that's a one-word call now so we can get it put in. But again, you have to teach the basics. Too many times we want to just draw these up and run them, but we don't really teach how to do it. And so I think it's right. important you spend your time in your individual. Like when we run roll, we don't just want our safety to sprint up to a certain spot because what if they run double verticals? So we teach 
Anytime we run roll, we're going to spend time with you. Hey, we're playing flat-footed, and the first thing that crosses short inside of you, that's what you're coming up to. You know, if nothing comes up to you, you never come up. And so we're protecting ourselves in that coverage. The same thing with the corner. We might run a, want to run a hard cover too, but we don't just want them to sprint up there. So we say hey, the first outbreaker brings you up. If nothing breaks out, you just play at seven yards and keep getting depth, you know, but you're flat footed. So again, we're building in not just a blitz, we're building in not just a curveball, but we're building in the same concept as we're teaching them. I think too many times as coaches, we don't spend enough time on the how and why, and we spend a whole lot more time on the what. Like we draw it all up, here's here's how it's going to go, but we don't, all right, we go that coverage, now you're completely gambling. Like I don't like to run blitzes where it's a gamble. I like to run blitzes where I'm hedging my bet. So what is the worst case scenario we could see on this blitz? And then we'll actually run that in practice with the kids. We'll put them in a bad situation. We'll roll cover three and run four verts and see if they paid attention to us. Where I'm not, I don't want you rolling up on this because you're playing flat foot and you're catching whatever comes. So that's the stuff you have to do as you're building this defense out. You got your base, you got your curveballs. Can you put it all together and it makes sense? I love that you kind of are using the tag system, right? Like it's the offensive gondola, a lot of that, you know, teach one pass concept and then just tag the, the Dickens out of it. And and now you're making every concept you know as a coach and the kids are still running mesh or, you know, whatever, four verts. And and, and I'm, I'm, I'm changing two or three receivers routes with tags. And you've done that on defense. And I right. think that's wonderful because it I, it does, it kind of captivates that learning ability of, of today's generation, right? I. I can't learn a whole bunch of stuff. I don't have time. I've got games and girlfriend and homework, but I can learn one thing. And then you're just telling me to change this little, this little thing. So I think that's beautiful. That's, that's a really good way to do that. Um, you know, we kind of build basically the same. Um, I start with all the one word stuff. So I'm teaching, uh, you know, I, I want to be a two read and a cover three guy. That's generally where I like to stay. Uh, because two read to me replaces man. Um, you you are playing man. You're just doing it from if he comes over here, he becomes mine. And if he stays over there, he's, he stays yours, right? Uh, and so cover three is my kind of my blitzing coverage. That's where I like to, if I want to bring heat. This year was my first year in a three, four. So I really found there that the, you know, rolling over and then I can send safeties from all over the place um, or, or players altogether, I guess. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how I did it just, just building those two foundations really well, make the kids understand this is what it should look like every time. There should always be three guys. You just got to know when it's you and when it ain't you. Um, I I will take a lot more of what you just said for sure in the future because we've, we, I taught them as like almost brand new plays, right? Plays over uh, defensive plays instead of like what you're doing is just tagging up one thing. So I kind of like that a lot more. Well, coach, um, I think that kind of, Finishes up the, the big three here. The last piece here is what not to do as a coach. So when we're talking defensive coverages, what is our lesson for the day? Oh, you kind of just hit it there too, Daniel. It's, it's, you don't want to teach a bunch of different things. And so you need to learn how to stack these things. So today's lesson is what not to do as a coach is don't teach different concepts. Like don't teach different concepts. Teach kids how they group together and how they're the same. You mentioned it on cover two read and man. So if you want to mix between those two, you know, we're teaching man concepts of how we're going to handle a guy. Uh, and then we're going to put that together. So when we can tell a kid, hey, 
if we're in cover two read and he becomes your man, it should revert back to whatever you were doing in man coverage. Or if we're running, you know, cover three roll or whatever it is, then this should be just like cover two read, except you're doing blah, 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 and you make the adjustment. The easiest way to teach a kid is to point back to something he's already done and say, it's just like this with this minor adjustment, whether that's tagging or whether that's teaching them different concepts on how to do it. And so I think a lot of times as coaches, we want to put in a lot of coverages. We never really relate them with the kids. So they don't really seem to make sense with the kids. And now they're having to learn a bunch of coverages as opposed to they're still learning a bunch of coverages, how we just did it with tagging. But for them, that's much cleaner and easier to learn. Yep. Awesome. And I think it makes it easier to build drills around too, right? When you can just, you almost have a tag period anymore. You talk about a blitz period, man, you can just go through all the tags and to them, they're just running a whole bunch of cover three or whatever. When you're building in answers too. So like we do this a bunch, we play teams and my son, I think he had two picks this year at safety. I credit both those to the defensive coordinator because he literally rolled him into where they were going to throw the route. And so he had that tag where he could say safety sticks, which basically told our safety, you're going to roll down, but you're actually rolling down to the sticks and looking for that route that's coming. Uh, He called that twice and two picks. So yeah, the kid made a good play, but we had it in our, our defense. The coordinator called it when we knew they were going to run it on third and 12 and the kid made the play. That's awesome. Well, coach, we will, we'll get out of here. Um, Real quick, just make sure that you've gone over to fbcoachsimpson.com. Um, and you've got a ton of them now. I know that we we normally record those, but uh, Offensive Coordinator Academy, what you know all of yeah, them. Yeah, there's a bunch um, of ones you can go to now. See, OffensiveCoordinatorAcademy.com. That's been out now. About 650 guys have now gone through it. It is now a live course. We're adding content every week. DefensiveCoordinatorAcademy.com. We've had about 400 coaches go through that. Again, we're continuing to add content. Uh, every week in that one as well. So make sure if you're not involved in those, you get involved in those. Those are live growing courses. Uh, Offense Coordinator Academy is over 60 hours at this point. And so it's a ton of content. Then we just added theheadcoachacademy.com. And that's a uh, that's a course that I don't know if it will continue to grow, but you've got about roughly 15 to 20 hours in there. We give you the digital workbooks to work through. So all of those are available as you guys are learning. Uh, we try to bring in experts in the, that aspect of it to give you a lot of variety. So if you're a kind of a football nerd guy that wants to learn a lot of stuff, those academies are perfect. If you want to kind of get a little flavor of what successful guys are doing, but have it be relatively organized, uh, that's what those academies were designed to do. And, and tell me about headsets before we close out here. I know that, that we should have an art, uh, a new magazine coming out pretty quick. What's the release date on yeah, that? Yeah, we're going to get it out by the end of January. So, again, I don't know when we're listening to this one, but it's uh, fbcoachsimpson.com backslash headsets. Uh, those magazines are 100% free. We've had three years worth in there. So, I think that's 24 issues you could read from previous years. And then we now have uh, Series 4 coming out. We'll do six different issues, one per month. So, January through June, there'll be a new issue and man, those things range from articles about how to get a job, how to run youth football, how to offensive line drills, defensive line drills, head coaching drills, scheme. We had a guy do a whole six uh, six issues on how to run power. So there's all kinds of information inside of those. 
all things football, 100% free, written by high school coaches that actually live it. So that's fbcoachsimpson.com backslash headsets. Awesome. All right, Coach, I appreciate it. Uh, we want to thank you guys for for sticking with us. I know the AFCA schedule, uh, those episodes, the sound was – for the most part, pretty good. Um, we were having to record on two different devices, and every once in a while they got out of sync. So we appreciate you guys dealing with that struggle. But a lot of great content came out of Nashville, and we definitely didn't want to take the content away because of a little bit of sound problem. So hope you enjoyed it. Social media, I am at Coach Chamber, okay, on Twitter and X. And I, I think I have an Instagram. Um, I I don't do anything over there yet, but it's I, I'm slowly building that brand that is whoever I am. I don't. I'm still asking that question. And then you can email me at chamberlainfootballconsulting at gmail.com. Coach Simpson's over at, at FB Coach Simpson on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, you can look up what, what, are, what are we on Facebook? All, All the academies, academies, right? They each have their own name. Yep. And then FB Coach Simpson at gmail.com is his email. Don't forget to find the podcast on Twitter slash X at, at Coaching101Pod. We want to thank you for being a listener to the Coaching 101 podcast. We hope you join us next week as we continue to make the complex more simple. Please consider subscribing to the show so you always know when the ep- new episodes are coming out. We'll leave you with this. It's hard to beat someone who never gives up. No matter the situation, find a way.